And welcome back to Husker Sports Network's Greatest Games, our first edition here in 2020. Really looking forward to sitting down with a former Husker that played on these teams each and every Saturday. And today we welcome in one of the greats, one of the all-time black shirt names, Mr. Jason Peter on the horn with us right now. Jason, first of all, thanks for joining us, man. How are things going with you? Things are all right in this crazy world that we're living in, but uh, I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you bet. Well, this is the the greatest games of the of the 1994 season. Of course, everybody remembers that with the the bull victory over Miami. Uh, Coach Osborne finally getting his national championship that he so badly deserved. Uh, Jason, I think from all of your former teammates that I've talked to over the years, the story really begins in what happened the, the previous year in 1993, the year that you redshirted when you were here in Lincoln. What was the mood of the team following that Florida State game and really the entire offseason that led up to that 94 season? Yeah, uh, it really did start um, – you know, walking off the field there against uh, against Florida State, and for I, I, I want to say from the moment I know that that we all got back from um, you know the little bit of break that we had after the game, uh, I feel like there was that whole minute thirty six seconds that was put up on the scoreboard pretty immediately. I think as soon as uh, as we returned. And that was just kind of, you know, the whole uh, storyline and, and uh, our motto, you know, the whole unfinished business uh, sort of deal. And, and uh, we felt like we were the better team uh, against Florida State. We felt like we outplayed them. We felt like we did everything we were supposed to do except uh, at the end of the the. Uh, regulation at the end of time you know they had more points than us um, and there was a, a handful of, of you know questionable calls as well and you know a funny story I ended up playing with William Floyd who was the fullback uh, uh, for Florida State he was uh, he was in Carolina with me for uh, a year or two and uh you know, you get to know these guys when they're your teammates. And and uh, so I pulled him aside one time and I said, uh, I said, no, it's just me and you, you know, tell me the truth. He's like, oh, he goes, I, I fumbled that ball. He goes, it was clear as day. He goes, that, that ball was out before I ever crossed the, the, the goal line. And, uh, but, you know, that was uh, the, the day an age that we kind of lived in back then there wasn't really you know, instant replay and and uh you didn't have you know 15 different camera angles like, like you do now um and uh we just kind of you know we lived with it but at the end of the day you know it it turned out to be a, a good thing i think uh, you know there's no guarantee that if we win that game that we come back as motivated um you know, the, you just you just never know, and I think uh, it really just kind of uh, like you had mentioned before, it really just kind of set the tone for the entire 1994 season, and and uh, it was uh, probably. Hey, I'm, I apologize. I got dogs here that I guess it's getting close to feeding time, so they're all they're all barking. But um, yeah, you know, we just. Uh, we were just really highly, highly motivated, and uh, every practice, every meeting, it was just constantly that thing that was hanging over our shoulder, and we never really kind of just 
took a day off, uh, so to speak. You know, that was a, a year uh, that uh, we were just we were not going to be denied, I think, a chance at, at winning, you know, a national championship. I, I co-host uh, Husker Game Day with one of your former teammates, Brendan Stye, obviously on the other side of the ball every Saturday. Mm-hmm. And, and usually, inevitably, every every week, every other week, we end up talking about locker room dynamics with the current team. And a lot of the things that we talk about, Jason, stemmed from, from your era about locker yeah. room behavior uh policing each other not having the coaches or to having to to watch over you how much of that was in place before the 94 season and how much of that 93 impact i guess is for lack of a better term i'm going to call it did that begin between those two seasons that kind of locker room culture when was that kind of put in place of all the responsibility falling on the team yeah, I think I think for sure in '94. Um, I think from a leadership point of view, I, I think it was um, it was certainly I think in place. I think it just continued to grow and grow um, because you know I mean there had been some really really good teams at Nebraska prior to even, you know, 1993. I mean, there were a lot of teams that, that kind of made it down to the, the, the last game of the year and, and then just ultimately didn't have enough. But I think, I think for this group of guys, and, you know, like you mentioned, I was a red shirt in 1993, but still, you know, you're, you're doing everything with the team. You're just not traveling. You're not playing in games, but you, you get to witness things and, I think for for the guys that were returning, I think it was an opportunity to 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 look at '93. Not only you know that we felt like we had won the game, but also that ever Coach Osborne was was preaching to us, or you know X's and O's, or whatever uh, Coach McBride was doing, or. Kevin Steele or, or coach Tenniper, you know, whatever they're doing is right. You know, it's working. And, and when we go out and we execute and we do the things that they want us to do, we can beat anybody in the country because, you know, at the time all, it was all about the Florida schools. And uh, so I think seeing that what was big, um, but I just think then the leadership kind of, um, you know, got, got taken up a notch and it was, um, just this, you know, kind of like, like I mentioned this, this refusal to, to lose and, and to not be denied. And, you know, Nebraska was kind of like, um, you know, it was, uh, there were a lot of people, especially the national guys who would be like, Oh yeah. You know, they kind of beat up on everybody on their, on their schedule. And then they come and they got to play, you know, a team, from from Florida or from California, a team that's got a lot of team speed, and they just can't hang. They're just kind of these big, big guys from Nebraska that ultimately get outclassed, you know, the last game of the year. Well, I just think they, at that point, Coach, the entire coaching staff had gone out and they started, they were obviously, they had changed the defense, you know, for that 93 season. And they went out and they were recruiting different kids, obviously. Um, but I think they also started to look maybe a little bit deeper. And 
they wanted guys that 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 just wanted to win you know like uh so they, i think they look deeper you know in, into their eyes into their souls um you know more so than just saying oh this guy can you know run a 4-3 or or this guy's caught you know a uh, hundred balls you know in his high school senior year do you know what i mean so yeah. it was just I, I think that now that they had the coaches knew what they had actually worked now i think they could they could kind of you know run with it and and now they can look start looking you know into the the, the tinier details and I think that was important to them to to have kids that came that would come from winning uh, programs and uh, you know school high schools, uh, whether it be New Jersey, Texas, California, you name it. Um, so I think when you kind of bring those sort of guys together who are just competitors, and the worst thing in the world to them is losing. I just think ultimately it just kind of gets, you know, gets gets continued to the the bar gets raised and raised and raised and and you know before you know it it's like Tuesdays and Wednesdays are becoming more more violent and more physical than than Saturdays. Um, you know, you, you're getting to a point where they're having to tell people, you know, the the us kids to to slow it down because just competing with each other was, you know, it was like a war out there. And I just think that it just kind of that attitude, um, it just kind of, it just ran throughout the entire team. And, you know, people talk all the time about like, uh, you know, the captains and the leaders on those teams. But the reality was there, there was, if you had, we had 150 guys on those teams, there were a hundred guys that could probably all have, have been captains um you know it was just they went out and they that was something that they wanted in all of their players where it was the ability to lead and it wasn't something that was just a natural you know a lot of people they talk about um you know especially when when i was doing media and stuff and i would talk about leadership and they say oh well, it's easy for you it just comes it came easy you know you're natural or whatever and it's like no it's not it's it's just it's something that when you came into the program, it was something that was was looked very highly upon, you know, by by your peers and and by your, the the coaching staff, um, and you paid attention to the guys that that were captains that year or were you know kind of the field generals, and you watched them and you listened, you know, like you didn't talk back then, you listened, and I think now sometimes you know the kids come in and and you know freshmen they play such a big role um or they're expected to play or they want to play and sometimes there's too much talking going on and not enough listening and i think that was something that that we all did um you know back then it there was a time where you got the opportunity to speak but when you were young, you just kind of you, you did what was being asked you. You practiced, you went to school, um, but most of all, you kind of listened and, and you just watched guys and how they went about their business. I mean, like I was, I mean, I'd watch everything that Trev Alberts did. You know, to me, he was just like, even though he was an outside linebacker slash defensive end, um, 
you know, he was a guy that, God, man, you just looked at him and it's like, this guy knows what he's doing. This guy has got his, 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 you know, what together. And it's like, I want to, I want to hopefully when I'm, you know, a senior, like people are looking at me that way and you just, you watch and you learn. And then, you know, it's just natural that there are guys within your own position group. So Kevin Raymakers was kind of the senior when I was a freshman and, and just watching, you know, the way that Kevin went about his business and then doing all that. And it was just, you know, it was just leadership was, was kind of something that was expected of you the same way that you were, you know, expected to know your playbook. And I just think on that 94 team, it was, I'm trying to think the, who the captains, I know there was probably uh, Brendan was maybe a captain, right? Weger, um, Terry Keneally maybe, I think, and uh, gosh, maybe Eddie Stewart. And, you know, those are guys that they had obviously, um, a, a, a couple of them are, are Nebraskans, so you kind of learn. Um, you know, they, they bring the whole, you know, we, we grew up loving this team. Um, you know, you really know what the school and the football program means to, to somebody when you see it through the eyes of a Nebraskan. And it really makes you appreciate, you know, uh, the, the entire thing and, and, uh, but the work ethic and, and what have you. And, and, you know, the, Speaking of, you know, the offensive line and Brendan, you mentioned, I mean, that was kind of the first year, I think, that the really like the pipeline came together and they kind of got tagged that, um, you know, there was a lot of things that were happening in, in the program at that time that, I mean, are still around today and I think are still kind of the, the benchmark of, of uh, what people expect or what you know, where they've kind of set the standard. I mean, that 94 offensive line, um, that is the standard, you know? I mean, when people talk about the pipeline, that, and, you know, that's that's where my mind goes straight to. Um, and they were almost a leader um, in their own right, you know? I mean, it was just kind of like, well, uh, what does the pipeline think, you know? And it was like mm-hmm. – five that kind of think is one and you know it was something that was not just off the field but obviously on the field um and it was just like this close-knit group of guys and we did want to handle things you know kind of internally we didn't want to burden coach osborne with things that were you know, I, I don't know, just dumb for, uh, uh, you know, one way of describing it. You know, uh, he shouldn't have to be burdened with um, stuff when when one of us doesn't go to class or something. So I think that's also, you know, kind of when the Unity Council mm-hmm. had started to be formed as well. And this way, you know, coaches can coach, right? I mean, let them worry about putting together a game plan to beat Colorado, not worrying about if, you know, freshman Jason Peters going to class or not. So, um, you know, it was just, I I think everybody was kind of like maturing in a way uh, or um, evolving, I think, whether it be coaches, players. And I just think there had been a new standard kind of set when we came back from from Florida State. And uh, it was just kind of, 
the way that it was. I really didn't know much else because I came in, you know, and that was the year that, that we went and we played Florida State. So I've only known, you know, kind of great football. I've never seen or never had to experience bad years. I mean, the worst year that I had was ultimately, you know, my my junior year where we lost two games. And and that was, you know, it was like the, the state was burning down. Um, so there was a standard that had been set. Um, and, uh, it was, it was, you know, I'm fortunate. I, I know that I'm very, very fortunate that, and I think if you ask any of those guys that we, that we came into the program when we did, but I mean, we, we, we know that we, we worked very hard, um, to maintain and to elevate, uh, the program, but we also are, are realize that we're very fortunate that we just kind of, you know, came in when we did. Yeah, well said. Jason Peter, former Husker Blackshirt, is our guest here on our Cornhusker Conversation. Jason, there was a lot that happened in that 94 season. It was anything but a smooth ride uh, for you guys to the national championship. I know when you have one goal in mind, and that being the ultimate goal of a national championship, it may be easy at times to kind of just look toward that, maybe look to that toward that Oklahoma game, and then right. obviously to the very end of, of wherever, you know, whoever you may play at the end. But it didn't seem to me reliving this season that you guys had that ability based on what was happening week to week. Just what was, what was it like progressing through this season with so many different avenues of adversity hitting you guys in the face? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and really just from a, a respect standpoint, I don't, I don't know if even coming home after that, that orange bowl, if, if national, media or probably even local i'm sure to a certain degree even you know thought we were right there on the cusp of of you know something that was you know going to be great um but yeah i mean there was uh there was a lot of stuff um you know there were there were several incidents you know um uh you know in the law um that had happened and and uh it was just uh it was something where we just you know had to kind of decide uh if we wanted to be a, a great football team or not but even with people criticizing from the outside it seemed like every every shot that was thrown upon us it just kind of made us put another layer of bricks you know on our wall that surrounded us and uh um, ultimately making us closer and closer. And it really carried on, you know, through, I don't know, that was just the way that 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 the program was, uh, as I knew it. Um, you just kind of, you leaned on one another, um, you know, through good times and through bad. Um, Coach Osborne obviously led us. And, and it's funny because trying to, uh, obviously knowing that we were going to do this interview, I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta go back and, and, and see if there's like a, a 94 recap or something on, on, <laughs> on TV. Cause you know, they all, all the games, uh, they run together for me and, and, uh, sometimes it's hard to separate which one happened in which year. But, um, yeah, I just think, um, you know, having coach Osborne and the, the, the example that he set, I think for, for all of us, 
and not wanting to to let him down. Um, you know, when when people would take shots on him, um, you know, wh- whether it be for can't win the big one or whether it's the way he, he handled something off of the field, it it just it was like. It was like adding fuel to our fire, and um, you know, it was. Uh, it's something I just think that, that you. It, it's it, you'd be hard to find somebody um, on any of his his rosters that just, um, you know, whether twenty, thirty, forty years later, just had something negative to say about him. You know, I mean, I, I think no matter who you were. Um, he treated guys all the same. Um, now, did he end up spending more time with certain guys than other? Yeah, I mean, naturally. I mean, I think you, you, you probably as a coach, you're going to end up spending more time, you know, with guys that are that are playing. But you know, th- during the week, it was he, he treated, you know, the fourth team or fifth team, you know, scout team center. You know, uh, uh, he'd spend this. Uh, just much time with him conversing, you know, over how, how you know, his life is, how school, how his parents are, uh, is no different than the guy, you know, who's a starting center, or the starting defensive tackle. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, when, when we would see and hear things that uh, people taking shots on, on coach, it just, uh, it just made us more determined. And, uh, it was uh, it was something, you know. I mean, I, I think when you look at that season, even um, you know, starting off the way that we did and having you know the quarterback uh, situation where Tommy goes down and then Brooke comes in and then Brooke, you know, with the collapse long and then ultimately mm-hmm. at the end of the year you're you're dealing with you know a quarterback competition and. And uh, then you know, even in the the Orange Bowl game itself, and and you know, one guy starting at the next guy coming in, and going back and forth, back and forth, and um, it's uh, it was it was one heck of a season, um, you know, and and really just kind of I, I think out of uh, I don't want to say out of nowhere, I don't know what exactly where we were uh, preseason ranked. Um, my guess is probably outside of you know top five, um, but I couldn't, I'm I'm not for sure. But even uh, I, I think uh, the first few games that we played, I, I don't know if if national was really buying into us. I think maybe after we went and uh, after UCLA was was in town and we kind of we put a number on them. Um, I believe, and then it was really, uh, I think, when we played Colorado. Colorado came in with that, like, all-star cast. Mm-hmm. And that, to this day, was um, for a day game. I just remember Memorial Stadium just, like, being just completely bananas. Um, you know, it was just, like, a different environment than I, than I had ever seen before and it was just you knew something like spectacular was about to happen um you know i don't think anybody sat in their seat for you know the entire game and it was just like 
I mean, you think about the guys that they brought in, you know, Cordell Stewart, Rashawn Salam, Westbrook, all the guys that they had on defense. And, uh, you know, I think that was ultimately the game then where people, they, they kind of had to, uh, they had to, to take notice uh, of what we were doing out here. Um, it shouldn't have had to take that long, but ultimately I, I think it did. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, we just never looked back. No doubt. Fun year for sure. Jason, we've taken a lot of your time, but before we let you go, you mentioned being hard to recollect in particular games and, and, and as, as it as it should be. I mean, that's, that's a long time, a lot of games to remember, but something that you probably haven't forgotten is is the impact that Nebraska had on you. I know you're you're still Husker through and through, huge part to the to the program now. You mean so much to what's happening over at the stadium right now. You're you're you and, and your brother, obviously, from the state of New Jersey. First, I guess this is a two-part question. What was it about Nebraska? Earlier you were talking about recruiting and having guys like Tommy from, from Florida and Brendan and Lawrence from California and you and your brother from New Jersey. You had guys from all over. What was yeah. it about Nebraska that, that was attractive to you as a prospect? And then, obviously, hindsight today, the second part to the question is what this place, what type of impact it had on you? Yeah, you know, even as a 17-year-old, um, I could tell from, you know, uh, and and my recruitment was different than, than Christian's. You know, Christian was, uh, he was originally uh, getting recruited by everybody. And then, um, you know, about an hour before his first, uh, game his senior year at high school uh, the New Jersey you know high school whatever athletic committee declared him uh, ineligible to play so he didn't play his senior year and he really only had two schools that continued to recruit him one was Temple and the other one was Nebraska so it was an easy decision for Christian uh, to come out here but I, uh, you know, pretty much had had everybody um, recruiting me, and and certainly having um, a sibling out here was a, a big a big plus. But I was also um, at home. My parents were very, uh, you know, uh, um, encouraged me to to make my own path and not to be, you know, in Christian shadow. Mm-hmm. And but at the end of the day, um, you know, I just felt the most comfortable out here. But a big part of it was, you know, even as a 17 year old and you have all these head coaches that are coming into your living room. And, you know, you got some that are are sitting there and your parents are sitting at the, you know, the same table. And, and this guy is, is, you know, telling you that, uh, oh, you, you want to, you know, wear a number uh uh, you know, 95 uh, next year. Yeah, it, no problem. It doesn't matter that there's a, you know, senior uh, returning three-year <laughs> starter who's, you know, a, a Lombardi, tr- you know, trophy uh, candidate. You're, you'll, you'll have, yeah, that's your number. Do you know what I mean? And then yeah. it's like you have Coach Osborne that comes in and he's like, we'll pay for your education. Uh, we'll give you the opportunity to play football, what you do with it. 
is ultimately up to you and how hard you work, but there's nothing that you can achieve or attain while here at the university. It's just, it's just, it's up to you. Uh, but first, you know, you have to, you have to make sure that, you know, you're eligible and you're taking care of your, your classwork before, you know, you're, you're able to, to focus on, on athletics. And, and even as a 17 year old, I knew like, okay, th- that to me sounds more right you know like the other one it kind of had a lot of bs to it the other the other scenario and it was just it's like sometimes i think we think that we have to show them you know all the bells and whistles and i get you know you got to keep up with the joneses in in uh in facilities and stuff like that but at the end of the day i think kids they just want to be they want to be treated and talked to, you know, with some, with some truth. And, and, you know, I think a lot of kids, we, sometimes we don't give them the benefit of the doubt. We, we think they just want to eat up the, Oh yeah, you're going to come in. You're going to be a three year, four year starter. You're going to be a first round draft pick, you know, and, and that can only happen here at, at this university. And it's like, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of kids out there that have good heads on their shoulders and, and, you know, nowadays it seems like whether their parents played or they got an uncle that played, someone, you know, who can kind of give them the ins and outs of it. But um, so I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, that that was probably it um, for me was, um, you know, Coach Osborne. And, and it just seemed like it was a – it was the, the right situation um, – for me and uh you know i just i never looked back now i know there was a second part to that question i can't remember what exactly <laughs> it was you'll have to refresh my memory um on the second part yeah just the the hindsight now i mean that was before your journey now several years after yeah. being a huge part yeah. of the program now what what what, yeah. what type of impact it had on you yeah so i mean you know and and the the program now i mean obviously i'm i'm back uh i'm living in the state you know for the last uh, uh 12 years and it's home you know my kids are in school here and and uh i don't you know envision uh ever leaving it's just it's 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 meant the world to me i mean when i went through all that stuff um following the nfl with uh you know, addiction to, to pain pills and stuff. And, and, uh, um, I mean, Ben, the amount of, of like mail and stuff that I would get from people from Nebraska that would said, that say, you know, you ever need a place, you ever need someone to talk to Yeah, I mean, just uh, letters and letters and letters. It's just like, man, I, I just don't know if you get that anywhere else. You know, I mean, these people like they truly have like this this vested interest in with the program and, you know, it's doing well and just making sure that, you know, like that, you know, that they're behind you. And and for us, it was something, you know, that was reminded to us every Saturday when we went out there and Coach McBride would talk to the defensive line. He'd you know, he'd give us some words of encouragement and then he'd say the same thing, you know, make sure you go out and you play for, you know, the people that you love and you play for, 
you know, your family and everything. And he goes, most of all, you know, you play for those fans because without them, none of this is possible. And so we were reminded of it. And, and, and yeah, you know, the program, it just, you know, you'd always hear people say that it would even playing in the NFL, just, it will, it will never be the same, especially with the experience that, that we had, you know, uh, the guys, you know, in, in, in our, the, the, those nineties teams, I mean, with just the amount of success that we had and it's true. And, and, you know, it's not just because, you know, I played for Carolina and, you know, we weren't very good. I think you even talk to, to guys like Grant and guys that played, you know, on teams that went to Super Bowl and their experience Sure, playing in the Super Bowl, it's it, it's great and and having success, but nothing that compares to at least that that time, you know, that mid '90s run that we were on, where it was just the winning was great, but like the locker room and the camaraderie and the friendships were even better. And and to this day, I mean, uh, even prior to me moving back here, I was closer to guys my college team than I was with guys, you know, in the NFL. And so I just wanted to come back and I had the opportunity, you know, to come back and do some media and stuff. And, and, you know, I only, I, I'm not a, a, a educated sports, you know, sort of journalist or whatever. I mean, I would get on and I would just speak from the heart and, and I wanted the program to succeed, but there were also points along the way where I didn't feel like that was things that were happening were up to kind of the Nebraska standard. And, and I voiced them. And, and you know, I was a, a, a big proponent of, of getting Scott here because I think he is without question, even still with the, with the troubles that we've had the, the first couple of years, um, I don't think people necessarily realized how bad of a situation or, or, you know, how things, it was almost kind of at times a, a house of cards and more times than not, I think most of the fan base saw, you know, the, the, the house crumble, but it went even, even deeper um, than that. You know, even people kind of in your own building that are kind of, you know, rowing in the opposite direction and, uh, it's just it, it, it's made it hard, and and you know they're finally getting everything cleaned up, and it's uh, Scott still is the guy that um, I'm convinced you know we'll we'll get it back, and he knows that you know he can ask me for for anything, and uh, you know I would do it, and it's not that Scott and I were so you know tight um, through through college, he just knows that I love this program and. And want nothing, you know, uh, more than to have these kids experience something that was even remotely close to to what we experienced back then, because it was uh, it was great, um, you know. And I think, like I said, most guys will probably um, have have similar experiences in, in the way that they talk about it. It was just uh, it was second to none, and and uh, we all, I think, cherish it um, very deeply now with. You know, as we get older and and more years put in between, um, you know, now and and back then, uh, I think we all um, we all start to appreciate and realize how very special, you know, of, of a time it was. And uh, yeah, so 
you know, I love being back here and, and, uh, and, uh, love obviously with Scott getting to be more inside the ropes and, and, uh, um, and being able just to, to, to help out, uh, I think more, um, because that's, you know, I think what we all want, we just, we just want this thing going back, uh, in the right direction. And, and I'm convinced that, that we'll get there. Yeah, even if me... we, even, even if we don't play this year, which <laughs> I don't know, I sent Scott a text last night. I said, enough is enough. Okay. <laughs> let's go. We, I mean, I'm watching 30 year old freshman from BYU, um, beat up, you know, undersized, uh, Naval Academy guys, step too slow. Um, you know, guys, I said, we, we need to be playing some football. Yeah. There's a reason why we're running the 1994 season on Saturdays <laughs> when we should be, you and I should be having this conversation on the sideline with 90,000 people at our backs, but, but yet here we are. Jason, uh, this was a lot of fun, man. Thank you so much for uh, for chatting with us, reminiscing with us, and really setting the tone for what's going to be. I know for the fans, anytime we talk about this stuff, they just eat it up. They love it. They love hearing from you players, yeah. and no better way to start it, start our 13-week series off than, than than this right here. Jason, thanks so much. Look forward to, to hopefully seeing on a football sideline here real soon, but if not, we really do appreciate the time and uh, wish you the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks. Take care. Jason Peter, former Nebraska Blackshirt, with us here on the Cornhusker Conversation.